0: i'm jim brown your bible teacher here at grace and truth ministries i've been teaching on something that most preachers have never i've never heard any preacher even mention and it's called the halakha this should be something that every preacher should study Because the Halakha is the doctrine of the Pharisees. You're not even going to know why Jesus gave the Pharisees such a hard time from the beginning of his ministry, Jesus' first message was a slap in the head to the Pharisees. The Law Halakha was a perversion, it was a perversion of God's truth everything jesus said to them every time he talked to them it was a slap in the head to them i want us to go over here you cannot teach this all of a sudden you can't teach it in one message there's so much to it i want to go back to matthew the fifth chapter this is where it all began and i'm going to read something to you here i'm going to read a verse you're not even going to understand it unless i explain the whole chapter to you matthew 5 where the bible says well let me read two verses to you he talks about the scribes and the pharisees changing the word of god when he says Think not, verse 17, think not that I am come to destroy the law. Well, that's very important because there was a law of Moses. The law, that's very important to understand what he's talking about. The law is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Those were the laws of God to Israel and then you had the Pharisees law the law of the Pharisees was called the Halakha we have a lot of information on the Halakha and if you don't understand what Jesus was saying you are not have any idea what he was talking about I've never heard a preacher that even knows what this is about. I've listened to preachers all my life. I've never heard one of them mention it. It was called the tradition. Anytime you find tradition in the Bible, when you find it, except for when Paul would speak of the traditions that you receive from us, that word tradition is the word paradosis. And when you look that up, it what it means, it means the traditionary traditionary law of Moses. Well, most people are not gonna know when it says the traditionary law of Moses, they're not gonna know. That the Traditionary Law of Moses is not the Law of Moses. The Law of Moses is correct. The The Traditionary Law of Moses is completely false. So when you find Tradition, referring to the Pharisees, the Traditionary Law, a Tradition, a Tradition is something that's passed down from one generation to the next. Without any foundation in truth. A tradition would be like Christmas. Christmas is Christ Mass, and that is a perversion of God's word that is Christ Mass, it's Roman Catholicism, and it's passed one generation to the next. And they inserted, they inserted the tree which is paganism they inserted saint nicholas which is the same thing as santa claus saint nick nicholas which is santa claus and he's a fourth century roman catholic bishop he's supposed to have given gifts to children and it's just not true most people think saint nicholas was a pedophile because he gave gifts to children he was a roman catholic bishop of the fourth century and they put all these other traditions they put the tree they put the bells the bells come out of paganism they said the bells in paganism drove away demons and it whether it's Easter or Christmas or any of these things the preachers in America what they did they took the word of God that had no origin in truth and they took the word of God and turned it upside down and translated it the way they wanted to that is what the Pharisees did how did the Pharisees do this they did this when they were called they were called let me erase that I need the board for this the halal the doctrine of the Pharisees It was a perversion of God's truth. The preachers today in the world are preaching halakha, the Baptist. What do you mean they're preaching halakha? They've taken the Bible, taken the Bible, and put their spin on it or put their opinion on what it means. They do things like they take a verse out and isolate the verse. One of my favorites that the Baptists isolate is romans ten thirteen Romans ten thirteen and that verse says, "Whosoever shall call whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved well they the the Baptist Church quote that from their pulpits and tell people they have to Come down the aisle. Walk down the aisles of tradition. Walk, aisle. You don't find that anywhere in the Bible. Walk down the aisle. You don't find invitation hymns anywhere in the Bible. Invitation hymns. That is adding to the Word of God. Walk down the aisles, adding to the Word of God. God is not inviting anyone in. He's commanding. He said, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. You will come to Christ, but you won't have to walk down an aisle while somebody is singing some real emotional hymn by singing, Just as I am, and whispering it into a microphone, and it's coming out there and making people emotional, and they say, I need to go down there and get saved that's also a tradition get saved saved is the word sozo sozo means I always pronounce it s-o-d-z-o because the Z is pronounced d-z and that means to be taken from one point all the way to another point and to be preserved through the fire and trial and persecution And all that's required of a believer to go through. Saved, you have been saved, you're being saved, and you shall be saved. So sozo, sozo is a tradition that they've added all these things to and say it's something you get one night. That's a tradition. That's just not true. We got that. I got saved. Did you get saved? He got saved. She got saved. Do you get saved? Are you going to get saved? It's kind of like going to the grocery store. Are you going to get some bread? Are you going to get some bologna? Or are you going to get some saved while you're there too? All of that is part of the tradition just like, just like the Pharisees had corrupted the Word of God. Let's go back to this to this in here in verse... 17 think not that I'm come to destroy the law Genesis Exodus, Leviticus Numbers Deuteronomy I'm not or the prophets the prophets would be everything after the law Genesis Exodus, Leviticus Numbers Deuteronomy Genesis through Deuteronomy Genesis X Leviticus Numbers Deuteronomy Joshua 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 all the way up through Joshua, Judges, First and Second, Joshua uh, Judges Ruth, First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. That would be the prophets. Jesus said, "I didn't come to destroy any of that, but to fulfill it." And then he says, "For verily I say unto you." Till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle. I've already given you the jots and tittles. Jot is the word yod in the Hebrew. Yod was the smallest letter of the Hebrew alphabet. It was about like that. And if you have a a group of, of letters in the Hebrew, a jot was just a little small marking. A tittle was just a little, the smallest tit on a on a letter I didn't come to destroy any of this I've gone through all of that I went through that last lesson and then he says because one tittle or jot will change a letter into something else you can change a resh, an R to a delet by putting one tittle on it one little tit that That makes it a tittle. That makes it a daleth, An R to a D. That is what he is talking about here. No part of my word can be changed. Then he says, Whosoever shall break one of these least commandments, what will be the least commandment? The jots and the tittles. You can't change them. Shall and shall teach men, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. And whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you, and he's still in the same subject, except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. What he's saying is they have changed the jots and the tittles, but much more than that, Ye shall in no case, the word means never, not at all, by no means enter into the kingdom of heaven. And then he says, you have heard, you have heard that it was said, said is a very important word. Said is a reference to This halakha, that was called the verbal law. Verbal is something that is said. Verbal law. You've heard that it was said by them. Now, who's he talking about here? You've heard that it hath been said by them of old time. he's referring them as a them as a pronoun them has to have an antecedent he was just talking about the scribes and pharisees in verse 20 that have changed the jots and tittles in verses 18 and 19 and he says you've heard it, it hath been said said as a reference back to the scribes and pharisees the whole idea is said is talking about the verbal law and where did this come from it comes from Babylon that's where the Pharisees came from Pharisees came out of Babylon how did they get into Babylon very simple very simple when Israel was a nation it's really amazing how this, it goes back to Christmas and everything we do. Which is nothing but fire and tree worship. Fire and tree worship. All the time they were a nation under kings. The Jews called, they called 1st and 2nd Samuel, First and second Kings. The Jews said this was one book, first and second Chronicles. They called all of that the book of the Kings. And they had Jews had one problem. While they were a nation, this is what this is what they were looking forward to all the way back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph, they were looking for themselves a kingdom. Then Joseph was sold into bondage. And then God brought them out of bondage. At the They were 400 years in bondage. And then they were 40 years in the wilderness. And then they were told... When they go into the wilderness at the beginning of the 40 years, Moses goes up on Mount Sinai in Exodus 20 and they go into the desert. That's this picture. This picture right here. Right here. They come out of Egypt after 400 years over here, go into the desert. They come up after Kadesh Barnea, spend 40 years in the wilderness, come up here and they end up going across to possess the land and that's what happens they they come into their kingdom and that's when they become kings and their first king that comes along is saul and that god puts him in place to be king he's the first man king and all the way through the kings not until first kings do they get real involved with baal and the grove. You say, Jim, you've put that on the board so many times. Do you know that's everything the Old Testament's about? It's what they did. And because of this, when they were going into the wilderness, the Lord tells Moses, You tell Israel, if they go after any other gods, other gods, and got a little g on that because they are the gods. And that I'll send the sword, the famine, the pestilence. And I'll do that all the time they're a nation. And they kept going after Baal, the fire god, and the grove, the tree goddess. That's where the Christmas tree comes from. God says, I'll scatter you. So he scatters northern Israel by the Assyrians and southern Judah. That was in 722 B.C. You can find that in Second Kings. The seventeenth chapter. And he scattered southern Judah in five eighty six BC. Southern Judah is nothing but the tribe of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin. Judah is the is the fourth son of Jacob. Benjamin is the twelfth son of Jacob. Northern Israel is headed by Ephraim. That's the ten northern tribes. Ephraim was the Ephraim was the second born of Joseph and he had the and Ephraim had the inheritance of all Israel Joseph Ephraim had the inheritance of all Israel so everything that has to do with northern Israel when the Bible is speaking of Ephraim it's talking about the tribe of Joseph headed by Ephraim when they get over here In 586, they get over into Babylon and they come up and they say, we need a way of worship. But we can't worship without instructions. So they said, what we will do, this is where the Pharisees comes from. What we will do, we'll take the We'll take the law that Jesus said, I didn't come to destroy because the Pharisees, that's what they're doing. He said, we didn't come to destroy the law and the prophets, but to fulfill all of the law that was given from Abraham, Isaac and Jacob from Genesis all the way through Malachi. He said, I came to fulfill that. And the Pharisees have twisted it. So they started the Babylonian synagogue. There's nothing righteous about a synagogue. G-O-G-U-E. And in Babylon, they start the synagogue, and they have the, that translation is called the Targum. Everything has a word. That means translation. And they said, since they were going to a different language, Aramaic, the Babylonian Aramaic, they had to have, they're coming out of Hebrew to Babylonian and Aramaic. They said, we have to have some explainers, or they called it interpreters. Now, you will see once in a while, I've got some papers here on what they called their their T A N N A I M these are the men these were men who translated this law they brought it over and their explainers were called Amaron A M A M A R A I am Amorim. They were the guys who explained it, but that was more or less the Halakha people. What does that have to do with the New Testament? Everything Jesus said to the Pharisees was a correction for their Halakha. Everything. When he used the word tradition, that's how he was correcting them. He said, your tradition is something you made up Just like these preachers in America are making up how you're saved by sinner's prayer. When the Bible says, how shall they call on him and whom they've not believed? All the Baptist preachers I know of are preaching a sinner's prayer for salvation. That's not the method of salvation. Belief is. That's what Paul told the Philippian jailer. They just pulled a verse out. Why do they do that? So they can get more members. They've got an easy... Gospel. You walk down the aisle, you accept Christ. I had a guy that owned a big plumbing company here. He told me back 15 years ago, I guess, saw him at a grocery store, said, well, I got my big lake home, I got my company, I got all my fancy cars, and I got everything I want, and I got saved the other night, went down to walk down the aisle and got saved, Now I don't have to pray to ask God for anything. You believe that? I wanted to say, you are a fool. If you're not a new creation, your big house and your big car and all of the things that you've got in your company won't save you. He all all he had to do was walk down the aisle. And that was it. I'm all free now. That's what the Baptist preacher told me. I believe a lot of people are going to be in hell that think they're going to heaven anyway so everything that they did and i'm simply going to show you some of the things that they did and i've showed you some of them last week so they come up with a synagogue a head rabbi and a, other than this head rabbi which means master or teacher they had a whole lot of these little rabbis I should put rabbin because that's plural had a many of these rabbin which was a plural a bunch of them and they would every time a new head rabbi would die he would put his opinion and these amarain would translate they called them meturgeman m e t h u r g e m a n that was a translator Since they brought this Hebrew over, they said, we have to have somebody to explain it. Well, if they had a real liberal rabbi, he would put his liberal interpretations for his own benefit. So he would, so he could say what he wanted to say. Now, let's read on some here. You've heard that it was said by them. Them is a pronoun. All pronouns have antecedents. Them is referring back to the previous verse, the scribes and Pharisees. You have heard that it had been said by the scribes and Pharisees of old time. What does old time mean? That means when they were... The scribes and Pharisees, when you get to Jesus' time, get down to Jesus. That's where the Pharisees and the scribes are. Well, of old time would be referring back to when they were the rabbis of the Babylonian synagogue the rabbis 600 years before this it's not talking about you've heard it had been said by them them cannot be talking about the Levites of the of the kingdom of God back in this time It has to be referring to the scribes and Pharisees because there were no Pharisees back here in ancient Israel. They didn't start until the synagogue in Babylon. And he says, you've heard it have been said, that's a direct reference to their halakha law. And everything that Jesus says in this concerning them. I read some of the things that he said, that they said. And I've got a book over here. I've got several books. This is called It's hard to explain this. It's got so much to it. This is a series of books and I've got I've got this Literature of the Sages. The Sages or the wise men, I, that's a real terrible application. Because the sages meant, a sage is a wise old man. That's what they call a, a wise old man. Well, this is a literature of the sages. And it says on the front of it, first part, they did this in two books. I got the second book besides this. Oral Torah. That's a, that is what was said by them. It's oral. The Torah was the, was the law. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. So this is the oral law. May I remind you that these Pharisees, they said, these rabbis of the Babylonian synagogue, they said that the law that was given to Moses was oral. It was an oral law, something that was said. And they said, Moses was given the the law written on tables of stone, but they said the oral Torah had precedence on what was written. That's what the Baptists and Pentecostals are saying today. We take these verses out and they mean what we want them to mean. No, they don't. As oral Torah... Halakha, Mishnah. This is the Mishnah. Right here. This is a Mishnah. This is an old copy, Mishnah. You can get one of these. And the things they said in the Mishnah. Here's the comedy thing about it. The Halakha, they said, what was said verbally they said the halakha could not be written down not written and then they had a they had a written commentary that was haggadah and they said that could not be spoken aloud But by the time you get to Jesus it has gone through a it's gone through a development stages. By the can get to Jesus it becomes the Mishnah. And not only is it written down, but it can be spoken aloud now, and you can read it out of this Mishnah. And then it keeps on going till you get down 200 AD, 200 AD, and it becomes the Talmud. Talmud is so much garbage. It's ridiculous. You can take, if you've got the McClinic and Strong, you can take your T-volume and look up Talmud. It'll give you about 30 or 40 pages on it. And they say some of the most outrageous things you've ever heard anybody say they even call the Haggadah legend that's crazy isn't it they call it legend and boy it sounds legendary so when you look at these things i wanted to show you some of the things that they said the churches today are preaching halakha opinions preachers read a verse and then they say what they want it to say there's a there's a uh, Section, I'll come back to this, but I'll just show you what preachers do. I'll show you what Kenneth Copeland says about a verse. And I've heard him say this half a dozen times. If you look over here in, uh, which verse is it? Oh, over here in Ephesians. I've lost my thought pattern. No, not Ephesians. I don't even know where I was going to go. I was going to go somewhere. Uh, Over in... I'll get it here. I'm just kind of... Went blank. Y'all have to excuse me. That's my age, I guess. When when uh, there's a man that is being born by four I have even forgotten why I was looking he's got he's got a uh, he's sick of the palsy and and uh, Jesus sees the faith there's four men carrying this man on a pallet Four men. And Jesus is in a house. Jesus is in a house. And they are, they are, these four men are bringing this man to Jesus in a house. Here's a door. And they always had, they had a staircase going up the side of every house. That was so that they could dry their figs and dry their corn or their wheat on top of the house. And the roofs were made of tiles. Made of tiles. And there's a crowd around this house and they cannot get in. Too many people. Too many people. So what they do, they bring this man on the top, pull one of these tiles up, let the man down through the roof, and Jesus sees their faith, and he says, because of the four men that's carrying this man, he says, Thy sins be forgiven thee. And the Sadducees say, Who can forgive sins but God? And the Bible says, Jesus looked at the Sadducees and said to them that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. Who is he talking to? He's talking to the Sadducees. He's not even addressing the man that's over here behind him. He says that you Sadducees may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He turned to the sick and the palsy and says, Rise up and walk. And Kenneth Copeland says, He inserts his halakha on that. He said, The man received his healing. He didn't receive nothing. That's halakha. He just inserted that the man received his healing. He didn't receive nothing. Jesus healed the man to prove who he was to the Sadducees. That's all. And does that that bother me? Yes, it does. And they make up things, everything they can. They make it up so they can have their way with God. That's in Mark. I don't know why I went blank on that. Now, Mark the second chapter. Now, let me read some more to you what they said. I'm going to read some things to you out of the Halakha. This comes out of, well, excuse me, I'm reading to you out of this commentary on the New Testament of the Talmud and Hebraica and this is concerning the Talmud and Hebraica and the Halakha and Halakha—all this was written by Mr. Lightfoot it's a five volume set it's magnificent on this Halakha I believe the preachers today are preaching Halakha now I'm going to read to you a verse out of this fifth chapter out of the fifth chapter of Matthew Let's go back to Matthew 5. Matthew 5. Now, he says here in verse 31, It hath been said... Now, you're going to have to pay real close attention to this because the translators of the King James Bible messed up on this. When you look at... A bill of divorce. Bill is the word biblios. Bill is the word biblios. We get our word Bible from that. It means book. Well, it wasn't a book on divorce. It was a paper on divorce. They said, This is what the Lord said, Biblios. Biblios is our word book. When I say Bible, this is a book. It's a book, the Word of God. It's God's book, God's Bible. Book, Biblios. In a divorce case, the Jews said, The Pharisees said, we can divorce our wife for every cause, any cause we want to. And they used Deuteronomy 24 to say they could divorce their wife. Now, Look back at Deuteronomy 24. They twisted this. This is in the law. Deuteronomy 24. And there was much to say about this. Jesus is directly referring to this in the fifth chapter of Matthew. When a man hath married a when men man hath taken a wife and married her, and it come to pass that she find no favor in his eyes, they said for any reason to find no favor, they said she could burn the bread, she could go out in public with no veil, no veil, she could talk to a man, that, she, that her husband said she had no business talking to, she could dance around in public and act silly. Dance and act silly. That all of these and many more was reason for them to come in to the wife and say, I divorce you, get out. And the Bible says they had to be given a bill a bill of divorce, a biblios bill when they when they gave the bill of divorce, they had to go to the woman. The man only could divorce his wife; he owned all the property. The woman owned nothing when he married her. She would come into his house and she would decorate her head. They had a cut, a haircut, where that she could tie her dowry in her hair. And she would tie all of her dowry that she could, her jewelry and everything else, in her hair. Because if he came in one day, said, I divorce you, get out, she could only leave with her person and what she had on her head. That's it. She had nothing else to go with her. And Israel was so poor in the first century. Most of the women would resort to prostitution. And Jesus said, I am fed up with that. Now, read here. When a man hath taken a wife and married her, and it come to pass that she find no favor in his eyes. This is what this and much more was what the Pharisees said was no favor. She burned my lunch. She burned the supper. I saw her playing out in the street. The main thing that they said they could do, if they saw another woman that was more handsome than their wife, that's the way the Bible, that's the way the scripture puts it, more handsome than his wife, they could do a force her for that. Found a better looking woman than you. I'm divorcing you. That's what they call no favor. Because it hath found some uncleanness in her, uncleanness meant adultery or fornication. That's what Jesus said in Matthew the 5th chapter in the verse we're addressing. Then let him write her a bill of divorcement. But we know that previous to this, that divorce or fornication by a woman that was married, the penalty was death. So this woman right here must have repented. There has to be a repentance here. Give her a bill of divorce and give it in her hand and send her out of his house. But there has to be a bill of divorce. And when she is departed out of his house, she may go and be another man's wife. I've had people write to me and say, Can I get married again? The Bible says so if you repent And if you cause that divorce... And if the latter husband hate her and write her a bill of divorcement and giveth it in her hand and sendeth her out of his house, or if the latter husband die, which took her to be his wife, her former husband which sent her away, may not take her again to be his wife. After that she is defiled, for that is an abomination before the Lord, and thou shalt not cause the land to sin, which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance. You can't go back to the husband you were married to because you weren't faithful to him before. Now let's go back. Jesus addresses that very thing right here in verse 31 of chapter 5 of Matthew. It hath been said. That's a reference to Halakha. That's a reference to these things here. And more. Hath been said, Whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a... says writing. That's not even in the text of the interlinear Bible. It's not even in there. No, it, if they had said, if the Pharisees had have said... Let him give her a writing, a bill, a Biblios, then it would have been correct. When you go into the interlinear Bible and you look at the original text, it simply says what they said. Let him give her an apostasion, A-P-O-S-T-A-S-I-O-N. Maybe you recognize some of that. A-P-O-S-T-A-S-I-O-N. O-S-T-A-S-I-S is the word falling away. Falling away, that's in Second Thessalonians 2 and 3. The day of the Lord will not come except to come an apostasis, a standing apo away from. That's what apostasian means. Just remove the woman, apo, away from you. Just kick her out of the house. That's what this verse says. There's no bill of divorce mentioned in this verse. They, The translators just put writing because they probably didn't understand the works of the Pharisees. So it actually says... It hath been said by the Pharisees. Anytime it says it hath been said all through this chapter, it's a reference to the scribes and Pharisees in that verse twenty. It's talking about the oral law of the Pharisees. So what Jesus is saying here, let me give let me tell you what the true reason for divorce is. So he says It actually says in verse 31, it hath been said, whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a separation. That's all it says. But that's what they said. Just kick her out. Separate from her. Tell her, you got to leave. I'm marrying this other woman. But I say unto you, that whosoever shall put away it comes from apostasia, it means to loose away from your wife, his wife, having saving for the cause of fornication. This is the only reason you Pharisees can, he's not even talking to the believers. He's talking to the Pharisees about what they said. Causeth her to commit adultery, whosoever shall marry her that is divorced without a bill. You see, a bill of divorce made the divorce complete. And the persons were not married any longer if the Pharisee gave his wife a bill plus a separation. What did the bill do? It divided the property equal division. They didn't want to do that. You get half the property, wife. You have to go, I found somebody I want better than you. I, you burnt the bread or you played the fool out in the public. And you have to leave. This whole chapter, Jesus is in Galilee. This is his Sermon on the Mount. He's up in Galilee. If this is Israel, he's up here in Galilee. The Pharisees are down here in southern Judah. And they wouldn't step foot in northern Galilee. If they heard him saying these things, they would have tried to kill him right there on the spot. But he's preaching up in Galilee where they wouldn't step foot in. He's somewhere around the Sea of Galilee on a little mountain up there preaching the Sermon on the Mount. But he goes on to say, I say in you that whosoever shall put away his wife. Put away and divorce. The divorce and putting away are two different things. You, They could put away... Without, but this was their halakha, their opinion. Without a bill. They could put away. That bill was called a get. A get. The official title was G-I-T-T-I-M. A getum, And that was the bill of divorce. But you had to have the bill that divided the property. And they didn't want to do that. Because they were great, they were greedy. Now, so all of this, when it said, when he, the Bible says, you've heard it, it hath been said. Then in verse twenty-two, but I say, but I say, he was saying, those Pharisees are liars. That's what he's saying. Well, but I say means I'm giving you an exact opposite of what they said. And when he says. In verse 27, you've heard that it was said of direct reference to the law call. But I say, in verse 28, well, let's read 27, but you've heard that it hath been said, thou shalt not commit adultery. And look what he says, look what Jesus says in verse 28. But I say unto you, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. He didn't say whosoever looks upon a married woman he said whosoever looks upon any woman to lust after her but that's fornication when you Jesus classifies all of it as adultery every bit of it and then he says again down here in in verse 33 again You have heard that it hath been said. Every time you see the word said in this chapter, it's a reference to the Pharisees' halakha. It hath been said by them of old time, Thou shalt not forswear thyself, but shalt perform unto the Lord thine oaths. That's why Jesus said, Let your yea be yea and your nay nay. You don't have to swear if you're a believer in anything. Now, let me read some things to you out of the commentary on the New Testament of the Talmud and Hebraica. Talking about putting away. As he should say to the Israelites, I have granted the putting away of wives to Gentiles. I have not granted it. So they said it was to Gentiles only. No. They were saying... That only the Gentiles can put away. The school of Shammai says, "Now you got two schools of the prophets." S H A M M A I. Shammai is supposed to be the very conservative school. Then you had the school of Hillel. These two would each each other's throats. Jesus was said to be preaching the doctrine of Shammai, Jesus. Well, they were closer to the truth than Halil. Halil said things that were just not true. The school of Halil was very liberal. And you'll find that if you read some of these books that I'm giving you. The school of Shammai said, A wife is not to be divorced unless for filthiness. Well, the school of Halil said you could divorce her for any of these other reasons. Because he hath found filthiness or nakedness in her. About This is about putting away. Now, and the scripture says that God hateth putting away. Rabbi Yohanan saith, the putting away of a wife is odious. Let no man put away his wife first wife now this really is something they said let no man put away his first wife and that's the way they interpret some of the things that the bible says but the pharisees said they could have up to four wives let no man put away his first wife so if you want a second wife you got to keep your first wife that's what they said in the Halakha. So you could have other wives. First wife, unless for adultery, even the altar itself sheds tears, which gloss, which means foreign language, they fetch from thence where it is said, let no man deal treacherously, treacherously towards the wife of his youth. That's in Malachi 2 and verse 15. Look at that. Malachi 2. So they interpret this is when they were interpreting the law over into the Aramaic of Babylon. so they said, we've got a way to say this the way we want to. this is what the preachers are doing today they're saying they're saying all of these things about the Bible that are not true here in Malachi two and fifteen. 2 and 15. Because the Lord hath been witness between thee and the wife of thy youth. They say the wife of thy youth is your first wife. That's the way they interpreted it. Against whom thou hath dealt treacherously, yet is she thy companion and the wife of thy covenant. And he's not even talking about literal wives there. He's talking about Israel being the wife or the bride of Christ. Now let me read some more of this. So they took that and said, The wife of thy youth was your first wife. Therefore they could have up to four wives. The Jews used polygamy and the divorcing of their wives with one and the same license. When he's talking about the Jews, he's talking about the Pharisees. And this that had they might have changed all for the sake of lust. It is lawful, say they, to have many wives together, even as many as you will. But our wise men have decreed that no man have above four wives. so they can have up to four. That's what the Pharisees said. That makes me think of First Timothy. First Timothy. Let's go to First Timothy. Now, if the Pharisees and all the pagans could have more than one wife, in First Timothy, you've got to understand what this is saying. Everybody in the world could have up to four wives, according to the Pharisees. Because the wife of your youth was your first wife. That's not what it says. In First Timothy 2, well I'm in Philippians 1st Timothy 2 and 1 this is a true saying if a man desire the office of a bishop a pastor he desireth a good work a bishop then must be blameless it says the husband of one wife it actually says a one woman man and these preachers that say you can't preach if you have been married before they are wrong it's talking about the Pharisees and the Sadducees along with the pagans in that day and time so if you're among the Pharisees they say they can have up to four wives you got to be a one woman man a divorce has to have a divorce has to have a bill with it bill was was a splitting of the it was a splitting of the money and of the houses you had to split it all with the wife so she did have to go out in the streets and resort to something like prostitution that would take me over here to Romans let's go to Romans the seventh chapter Romans the seventh chapter And men will use this to say, see, you can't be married again. That's crazy. That is not what it's saying. If your wife has been a harlot and played the harlot, to be blunt, to be a whore, then you should divorce her. That's what the Bible says. Let me give you a couple of verses that really confuse a lot of people. Romans 7. I'm not giving somebody a license to go out and do things. I'm simply saying there has to be a bill of divorce, a split of the property. Verse, chapter 7, verse 1, Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he liveth. For the woman which hath a husband, she's got a husband, she hasn't been divorced. She hasn't received a bill of divorce, is bound by the law as long as her husband, as long as she's legally married to the husband, as long as he liveth. For if the husband be dead, she is loose from the law of her husband. But it doesn't mention a bill of divorce here. She's not divorced from him. She hasn't got a split of the property. So then, if while her husband is alive and he's still her husband, they haven't gone through divorce, this is not saying she's a husband after he's a husband after the divorce, because he's not. That if while her husband liveth, she be married to another. If a woman is married to a man, she separates from, him, she goes out and gets married to another, while she's still married to him she shall be called an adulteress because that's what she would be but if her husband be dead she is free from the law so that she is no adulteress though she be married to another man and if she's divorced from him with a bill of divorce then she's no longer that's no longer her husband now let me get back to this over here there's other things I want to say on this now it is lawful they say to have many wives together even as many as you will but our wise men have decreed that no man have above full wives what causes they what causes they put away their wives there is no need to inquire it is commanded i'm reading out of the Commentary on the New Testament. It is commanded to divorce a wife that is not of good behavior. So they speak in Maamanides, and Gittin. The Gittin was the bill of divorce in the place. He that doth, that he doth, who seeks his wife talking freely with her neighbors, kinfolks, and yet allows it and there is another who if he find a fly in his basket eats it and this is the fact of an evil man who sees his wife going out without a veil upon her head and with a bare neck and sees her washing in baths where men are wont to wash and yet cares not for it whereas by the law he is bound to put her away if she goes out and bathes in a public place or she looks at the wrong man He's bound by the Pharisee law to put her away and divorce her. These are just some of their laws on this. I'm reading these things to you so you know that. If any man hate his wife, let him put her away, excepting only that wife that he is first married to. Because Malachi 2.15 says, the wife of his youth. They interpreted it. What they did is they did the same thing the charismatics do when they speak of prosper and being health, and it don't mean money and physical health. And then he goes on to you, the school of Halil, the very liberal school. If the wife cook her husband's food illy, or it's bad, by over-salting or over-roasting it, she is to be put away put away is without a bill of divorce if she cooks bad yea if by any stroke from the hand of God she become dumb or sottish if any man see a woman handsomer than his own wife he may put her away this is a Pharisee law why do you think Jesus keeps saying you've heard it hath been said that's not what I said but I say but I say is calling the Pharisees a liar because it said if she find no favor. Let me read that again. If any man see a woman more beautiful than his own wife, he may put her away because it is said if she find no favor in his eyes. That's a quote from the 24th chapter of Deuteronomy. They just took it and wrenched it all to pieces. They tortured the law. A bill of divorce. Let me read to you. Now, when I read this verse in Matthew 19, you're going to know what it's talking about. Matthew 19. You'll understand this. If a woman is unfaithful and she is running around with other men, then you should divorce her. 19. Now, you'll understand what I'm reading here when I read it because of what I've said already. See, if you don't understand the law of the Pharisees, you're not going to understand half of what Jesus says to them. And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these sayings, he departed from Galilee and came into the coast of Judea beyond Jordan. And a great multitude followed him and healed and he healed them there. And the Pharisees came to him, tempting him, and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife for every cause? Now you know what they're saying, don't you? We do that. You wouldn't even understand that unless you knew what I was reading out of this commentary of the New Testament, Talmud and Hebraica. And he answered the Pharisees and said, Have you not read? He's not talking to the believers. He's talking to the Pharisees who are making excuse for their sin. When you make excuse for your sin, you're looking for a way out. Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? And he said, For this cause? Shall a man, a Pharisee, leave his father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and the two shall be one flesh? Notice he's talking to Pharisees only here. Wherefore, they are no more two, but one flesh. What God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. They say unto him, Why did Moses command to give a bill? A writing of divorcement. The word writing there is in the text. It's in the it's in the interlinear Bible. I've looked at both of these. In Matthew the fifth chapter, verse thirty one, writing is not there, but it's here. The word is Biblios. You see, they're contradicting themselves. Why did Moses then command to give a writing of divorcement? That is a quote. From Deuteronomy 24. That's what they're defending themselves. And to put her away, and he saith unto them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, suffered you to put away your wives, but from the beginning that was not so. And I send unto you, Whosoever shall put away his wife, except it be for fornication, unfaithfulness, and shall marry another, committeth adultery, and who marrieth her, which has been put away, hath committed adultery. Now let me show you something else. First Corinthians the seventh chapter. This confuses people. The Bible has much to say about this. There has to be a bill of divorce and there has to be repentance involved in it. This really bothers people when they read this. I have people call me from time to time and say My husband is an alcoholic, and he beats me. Should I divorce him? Absolutely. And you won't be doing anything unfavorable to God. My husband cusses me. You're not supposed to live with a man like that that cusses you and beats you. He's unfaithful to you. You're not supposed to live with an alcoholic. Let me show you something here. He's talking about, let me read a little of this. And unto the married, verse 10, chapter 7, 1 Corinthians. Unto the married I command yet, not I, but the Lord, let not the wife depart from her husband. But and if she depart, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. And let not the husband put away his wife. The put away put away. It's just that word apostasyon with no bill of divorce. Because without the bill of divorce, they're not divorced. But to the rest speak I, not the Lord, if any brother hath a wife that believeth not, and she be pleased to dwell with him, let him not put her away. And let's read on the next verse. And the woman which hath a husband that believeth not, if he be pleased to dwell with her, pleased. Does that mean they want to stay with her? It has more than that meaning. The word "pleased" is soon yudokao It means to think well with both of you can agree he's not going to fight you on the truth he's going to stay with you but if he is rebellious he's drinking he curses what you believe he doesn't want anything to do with it then you have no obligation to stay there that's what this verse is saying there has to be this word soon comes from sue soog so it's a form of soon or soon it means to blend with to think dokeo well and blend with your husband or your wife you have to get along with them they have to not complain about your believing the truth if they complain about your believing truth you're not supposed to stay with them You never hear a preacher saying that, but that's what this is talking about. You have to know what these Pharisees were saying about marriage. They could do what they wanted. For, let me go on to the next verse. Let me read verse 14. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. If you're thinking well together, and there's no disagreement about you believing the truth, and he or she is not. But there can't be any disagreement there. They can't cause you heartache when you're trying to serve God and they're making fun of what you do every time you come in. Else were your children unclean, but now are they holy. See, the Jews said, if you were married to an unbeliever, or to a Gentile, your children were all bastards. That's what they said if they're married to an unbeliever and god says they're believing um they are not bastard children they're they're legal children as long as you believe and you're getting along together that's what soon you means that's the word pleased but if the unbelieving depart let him depart a brother or sister is not under bondage in such cases but God hath called us to peace. And that's what it's talking about. Now, some of you have been through this. For what knoweth thou, O wife, whether thou shalt save thy husband, or how how knowest thou, O man, whether thou shalt save thy wife? But as God has distributed to every man, as the Lord hath called everyone, so let him walk, and so ordain I, in all the churches then he goes on in this chapter and says something that this is something people have wrestled with for a long time this divorce thing and he says here in verse 26 well let me start in verse 25 now concerning virgins i have no commandment of the lord yet i give my judgment as one that hath obtained mercy of the Lord to be faithful I suppose therefore this is good for the present distress what's he talking about he's talking about Romans attacking the world at this time they're killing Christian at breakneck speed with the present distress I say that is good for a man so to be single and stay single because your wife will be killed your children will be killed by the Roman Empire Art thou bound unto a wife? Seek not to be loosed. Art thou loosed from a wife? Seek not a wife. But, and if thou marry, after you've been loosed from a wife, thou hast not sinned, and if a virgin marry, she hath not sinned. Nevertheless, such the person that's been divorced and a virgin shall have trouble in the flesh, but I will spare you. God is forgiving on every hand, especially if we are serving Him. I do not believe in what these people say. You can't preach after you've been divorced. Don't believe that at all. I don't believe you can't serve God in any capacity. The main thing is that there is repentance. Now let me go back to this book. I hope this is helping some of you. The school of Ilel said if a wife well, I already read that, if a man sees a woman handsomer and he's a Pharisee, you can put your wife away, but doesn't, they didn't say you had to give her a bill of divorce. They never mentioned that. Only when they're quoting to Jesus. They had to say it to Jesus. Didn't Moses write in the law that you give a woman a bill of divorce? They used the word bill in Matthew 19. They did not use the word bill in Matthew fifth Chapter. A bill of divorce. This bill, this they seem to be called apostasion, a departing away. And then he goes on to say, if he writes, I am not thy husband, I am not thy spouse, it is not a just bill. So if after you've sent the letter to the woman, if the man gets there before she reads it, says i'm re i'm rescinding that bill of divorce i'm still your husband then it's not good only the man could could divorce the wife because he owned all the property women were women were less they were second-class citizens jesus is saying i'm sick and tired of this in israel They're not second class. Even when the two Marys went to the tomb, and they said, He is risen. They come back to the apostles. The apostles said, Your vote doesn't count. We're not listening to you. And they turned around and kept doing what they were doing. It's because women's vote didn't count in the first century. And Jesus said, I'm sick of that. That was something you've conjured up in your worldly governments that they don't count. And they count even... When the Bible says in Matthew that Jesus fed the five loaves and two fishes to 5,000, it says not counting women and children. It was probably up to 20,000. Now, let me read something else to you. This is a hard book to study because you've got to read it, compare it with the Bible. and it'll How much time do I have, Mike? i got so much to read here. A woman might not be put away unless a bill of divorce were given. Therefore, it is called a bill of cutting off. The bill has to be there. The split of all the, all the wealth of the husband, has to, half of it has to go to her. Jesus is sick of these people and their governing laws. And that's why the Pharisees came up with just kick the woman out there's something else that goes with this. Let me show you something in 1 Corinthians 11. 1 Corinthians 11. It amazes me how everybody misses this. 1 Corinthians 11 chapter. Starting in that Be ye followers of me, verse 1, as I am of Christ. Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the ordinances, delivered them to you. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ. Let me write that on the board so you can better see this. The head is Christ. So, So the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man. So if the man is under Christ, man is head of the woman, and she's under the man, woman. So this is the way it goes. Christ is the head of man, woman, man is head of the woman. The man is not the boss of the woman. The Bible doesn't say that. It doesn't say husbands, boss your wives, as Christ is the boss of the church. It doesn't say that. The man is head of the wife. And a man is to love his wife as his own body. Lay his life down for her. And the head of the woman is man. And the head of Christ is God. God the Father is the head. God Father maybe this will help you see this better every man praying or prophesying having his head covered dishonoreth his head every man praying having his head covered what does that mean who's his head he prays and he covers up Christ his head right That's what it says doesn't it? I guess it does. And then it says but every man that prayeth or prophesieth with her head uncovered and then all of a sudden everybody out here in the world goes to a physical head. You can't go from physical from spiritual to physical. Can you? No. If this is talking about Christ's spiritual head then the head of the woman is man, and if she prays or prophesies with her head uncovered, how about man uncovered, her husband uncovered? What does that mean? She has to cover her husband's head and go to her husband, she has to cover her husband, which is her head, and go to his head, which is Christ. In prayer and prophesying, doesn't she? Do you see that? It's not talking about a physical head here and she only covers her head. Well, let me get let me say something else here first. But if the woman be uncovered, if she doesn't cover up her husband when she's praying, she has to go to his head, which is Christ. Let her be shorn, but if it be a shame for a woman to be shorn or shaven, let her be, let it let her be un let her be covered. And then let's go down here into verse verse fourteen, or right, let's read thirteen fourteen. Judging yourself, is it comely that a woman pray unto God uncovered? She's got to go to her husband's head which is Christ and she goes to God by going to Christ her husband's head I don't know why people all of a sudden they switch from a spiritual head to a literal woman's head says she's got to have a covering over her head it's not what it's saying doth not even nature itself verse 14 teach you that if a man have long hair It is a shame unto him. But the word is not long. Long. Long hair. Would be. Long would be an adjective. Telling what kind of hair. Long. is the word coma. And it means. Hair that is cut. In a. It comes from the word comeo, to comb. And the coma means hair that's cut in stresses where you could tie a dowry in. It would be a shame. It would be a shame for man to have hair to tie up a dowry because he owns everything. That would be a shame. He can trust his head to take care of him because his head is Christ. But the woman cannot trust her head. Her husband is mere mortal. He's just physical. So you have to understand what this is saying. Let me get back over here to, I hope that will straighten out something, some things with some people. Now, let me give you some other things here. They have the bill of cutting off. I can't read all the Do I have any more time, Mike? Ten minutes. Ten minutes. All right. Now, he's talking about swearing. We're not to swear. Say, I guarantee. You can't guarantee anything. You cannot make one hair white or one hair black. That's when he says... That's in verse 36 of chapter 5 of Matthew. And he says in verse 37, let your communication be yea, yea, and nay, nay. Well, we can do that in a Christian society. You can't do that out here in the world though, when they require uh, swearing to on the Bible or something like that. I, that's really a, a heavy thing to get into. Then he says, we have received the tradition that This is to be understood a pecuniary satisfaction, the swearing. If a man causes a blemish in his neighbor, the same shall be done to him. In Leviticus uh, 24.10, it means that he should be maimed or he hath maimed another. But when he deserveth maiming, he deserveth to pay the damage to the maimed. They seemed out of very great charity to soften that severe law to themselves. See, the Pharisees said they didn't have to repay a man for something they did to him, whereby they are trained up in eternal hatred against the Gentiles. When Jesus said in Matthew 5, you've heard it, it had been said, this is what the Jews said. Go back to Matthew 5. Matthew 5. And he says here in the 5th chapter of Matthew. You've heard that it had been said in verse 38. And eye for an eye and two for tooth. But I say unto you that resist not evil. But whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek. Turn to him the other also. Why would they smite you on the one cheek? Because of what you said to them about the truth. And you let him hit the other cheek. Then he goes on to say, If a man will sue thee at the law to take away thy coat, let him have it. Let him have thy cloak also. Whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him two miles. It was the saying among the Jews, If a man came and wanted you to carry a load for him, that you should carry it twice as far if that's what he wanted. Well, that's not like our words. You've heard that it was said. This is what the Jews said in the Halakha. Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. They said that in their Halakha. Love the neighbor. Boy, we went through that last week. A neighbor. Y'all remember what a neighbor was? You remember a neighbor was a proselyte. And they said, a Gentile that was an apostolate, you were to hate him, and you could actually kill him if you wanted to. A neighbor was a proselyte, one that had come from a foreign nation, and they were circumcised, washed in water, and offered two turtle doves, and that made them a proselyte of the gate, and they could participate in all the Jewish rituals here in Israel. But they said they could hate the Gentiles. That was their enemy and what does jesus say but i say unto you love your enemies what does that mean like them no the word is agape agape means to walk in the commandments of god second john six this is agape this is love that we walk after his commandments so walk in the commandments of God concerning your enemies. It doesn't mean you got to like a guy that steals from you. He lives next door to you and he's always fighting you over the property line. I've seen that many times. When me and Mary first were moved into our house, this lady next door came out and stuck a stake right on the property line. This is my... I said, just stay away from that Mary just mow the grass up to that point and don't mow it, mow it any closer and some my mother-in-law used to fight a woman over the property line the back of her house the property line was was right in the middle of a water stream and the woman next door would go back and pull her strike up and put it over further into my my mother-in-law's yard and my mother-in-law would go out, and it's right in the middle of a stream and who's going to use that? Nobody. But I say unto you, walk in God's commandments concerning your neighbor. That means all the commandments. Do you know one of the commandments concerning your neighbor and concerning false teachers to be angry at false doctrine to the point you separate from it or give them mine? That is an imperative command in the Greek. It's imperative mood. And that's talking about false teachers that preach. That's over in Ephesians, the fourth chapter. That is a commandment of God. You've got to be angry at false teachers, but you don't have to be angry at the guy down the street. I found that the way you stay out of fights, you stay away from people who like to fight. That's the way you do that. But he says, But I send you love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Who gets to define the word bless? Do you get to bless you? Do you believe blessing means to take a ice cream and cake? Eulogel. E-U-L-O-G-E-O. Well, words. Oh, telling the truth. Right? Bless them that curse you and do good do good unto them that despitefully use you and persecute you good now who gets to define the word good you get to redefine it it's the word coloss means to be honest with them tell them truth and be honest with them and do what is beautiful in the eyes of God see, nobody knows what these words mean, so everybody makes them mean whatever they want them to mean, right? You can't do that. That's some of the things that they said. You love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Boy, here's Jesus at the beginning of his ministry. The first message he preached is Matthew 5, the Sermon on the Mount, and he hammers the Pharisees all the way through this. And they're down in southern Judah because they would have killed him for these words because they would have known exactly what he was saying. Am I out of time, Mike? Don't have much time. He's talking about... I don't know where else to go from here. Uh, I'll come back to this. He says that we're supposed to he says do not even the publicans the same they do the same things the pharisees did but publicans were they weren't an enigma to these people the publicans were were connected in the scripture with cutthroats and robbers they were hated more than anybody else publican one of the worst things said about Jesus, he eats with publicans and sinners. Somebody said the other day, Well, can I eat with publicans and sinners? I said, Not unless you know who the, which ones are elect. I said, Jesus only ate with elect publicans and sinners, and they quit being publicans. Matthew was said at the receipt of custom, he was a publican when Jesus said follow me he gave up one of the best jobs in Israel and when when you've got you've got the oh, let me put over here publicans were people that would go over to Rome and court these Romans Romans ruling all the world And the Romans would appoint publicans. And the worst thing you could be as a publican, you'd be a publican, a tax collector. If you were a Jew, they hated you, hated the ground you walked on because you were told by the Romans to tax the people and you could put every percentage on the top of it you wanted to and you could become rich as a publican, rich by their standards. So they hated the publicans. So when Jesus ate with publicans and sinners, he knew who the elect were. And they went to him and saved an elect publican, and he quit being a publican. Zac- Zacchaeus was a a chief of the publicans. He was very rich, and he said, If I've taken from any man unlawfully, I will restore him fourfold. He was really repentant. It was an old song we used to sing in the, Kids sang it. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And as the Savior passed that way, he stopped, looked up in the tree, and said, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm going to your house today. What a great picture of the grace of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for truth. Lord, I'm trying so hard to express these laws of the Pharisees. They seem to be rampaging through the churches today, these opinions added to your word. Help us that, to see that we need to study more in depth than we've been studying. I pray that you'll lead us to your elect, cause us to to follow you truthfully and cause the sheep here to be more faithful to you and following your exact words. We'll give you praise for everything in Christ's name. Amen. <coughs> uh, this is such a difficult thing to preach. It's. That what? What that word covered means. Well, it's talking about covering up your head. But, he, but it's not physical, right? No, it's not physical because the head of man is Christ, and the head of the woman is man. If she covers up her head, she covers up the man. In other words, that's what that's saying. And she goes straight to his head. If she's praying she or prophesying, pray she doesn't. She doesn't, she doesn't go through her head. She doesn't pray to her husband. She, prays to she her husband. that's right. She she covers him up to blot him out when she prays to God. She doesn't have to pray to her husband. Okay, so then we can pray directly, directly to the Lord. We pray to Christ. That's right. We pray, we we bypass anything that's over us and go straight to God. That's what it's saying. The woman's supposed to go straight to the Lord. What's the Greek word for cover? I haven't looked at that. I need to look at it. But the thing is covering the head it just defined what the head of the woman it just defined for you what the head was so if the woman cover her head what's her head husband. it's her husband if she prays and prophesies covering her head she has to cover up her husband bypass her head that's right to get that's right. Husband, she can go to go straight to God. Okay. The woman is not to go through yeah, her husband. Her husband he is, is not her spiritual. He should be her spiritual guide in the family. But when it comes to her praying or it's, saying it, something. It's like when the Catholics say go to the priest yeah. instead of the Christ for a confession and all that. No, and we don't so do that.